Welcome to Profit and Prosper, a podcast for entrepreneurs who are ready to make some money while doing what they love. On this podcast, we're going to pull back the curtain and talk about all things business and money, but I promise you this is not your typical boring numbers talk. I'm your host, Sarah Young, a CPA and CFO with over a decade of experience in finance, business, and leadership. I'm going to share everything I've learned from helping my clients grow more profitable businesses and keep more of what they earn while growing my own successful business along the way. You'll feel empowered and confident that you too can grow your wealth, live a rich life, and have an impact. Stick with me and you might even start to think that finance is fun. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Profit and Prosper podcast. This is episode 80. I do love a good round episode number. I was just thinking that before we know it, we're going to be at episode 100. I think it'll be late December, maybe, or January. I don't know. I can't wait to get to 100 episodes. Anywho, we are going to talk about change in this episode, specifically talking about why it is so difficult to actually make change, and then some of the things that I have learned to help me make change. The reason that change is important is because we all have goals, right? We all want to improve something in our lives, whether it's your business or money, health, relationships, whatever it is, there's something that you have a goal to get to. To reach that goal, you are going to probably have to change your behaviors because something would not be a goal of yours if you already were doing the things that were getting you to reach the end goal, right? So, you know, you set these like New Year's resolutions, for example, to lose weight or to scale your business or to do whatever it is, and you actually have to change the things that you do on a daily basis to help you reach those goals. Because if you don't make a change, you're not going to get a different result, right? So I think we all know this. And change is just one of the hardest things to do. I think for me specifically, for a lot of my clients, I just see this coming up a lot. So I want to talk about change. And in this episode, basically, I am going to try to synthesize everything, not everything, but all of the best stuff that I have learned about habits and behaviors and mindsets just from the last almost five years of running my business and growing a business and being a mom and doing all the things. I'm going to try to synthesize this down into hopefully a, you know, less than 30 minute episode. We'll see. We'll see if I can do it because I've learned a lot. There's a lot to say. So here's the first thing that I want you to understand. Nothing is going to change for you until you make a change. And I know that that seems obvious, but how many times have you said that you wanted to do this thing? How many times have you set a New Year's resolution and then two weeks later, you're just falling back into the same old habits and behaviors and patterns that you were doing before? When it came time to actually do the thing that you said you wanted to do, you didn't follow through. The thing is, it's not about changing the big flashy things, right? Like it's not about starting off a new year and going straight from zero workouts to five workouts a week and eating clean all the time and getting perfect sleep and staying hydrated and doing all the things immediately. It's not about making big flashy changes. It's actually about changing all of the tiny little 
seemingly inconsequential decisions that you make all day long. For example, I tried after having my son in March 2020, and I went full-time in my business in that summer, and it was COVID. (laughs) So I'm giving myself some slack, but I tried for a good part of two plus years after that to take better care of my health. So You know, when I got married to my husband back in 2017, around that time, I was so in shape. I was eating well. I had abs. I was like peak physical. I don't know. I just felt really good and I looked really good. And then I had a baby. I got pregnant, was working a lot in my corporate job, side hustling, had a baby, COVID, went full time in my business. And obviously, my health took a backseat. And so, After that, I think it was late 2020, I tried um, some health coaching and then ended up having to stop that by the spring um, because it just wasn't working. I wasn't consistently able to do the thing, even with virtual support. And then at the end of 2021, I signed up with another health coach. You guys have heard, if you've listened to the podcast, you heard my story about how 2021 was the year of massive change in my business. And a lot of that was spurred by me realizing I was too stressed out to be able to take care of my health because I had set myself up for failure. So then late 2021, I tried again, more virtual health coaching. And, you know, at that point, I knew what I needed to do. Like I knew what I should be doing. It was just a matter of actually doing the thing. And what I found through a lot of 2022, so last year, right, that Despite knowing what I should be doing and despite having people to help me figure out what to do, I still wasn't doing the thing. Because every day when it came time to stop working and go exercise, like leave my office a little early and go work out or put the laptop down and go actually cook lunch instead of grabbing quick snacks and running back to my laptop or feeling thirsty and stopping what I was doing to go get water. I continually kept choosing work. And all of those little decisions that I made did not feel important at the time because it felt like, oh, you know, I'll just answer one more email, right? I'll answer one more email instead of getting up to get water. And then before you know it, 30 minutes have passed and then you don't drink water for the day and you're dehydrated. Or I just feel like I'm really busy this week. I need to work an extra hour. So I'm going to do that today instead of exercising. And before you know it, it's the end of the week and you've not exercised. And then another three weeks goes by and you're still in those same patterns. It's about making the small, seemingly inconsequential changes over time that actually add up to being significant. I'm going to keep using my health as an example throughout this episode because that is the area I've struggled with the most to make change. Your change you might struggle with in your business It might be around money, it might be something else, but the same patterns really apply to any any goal that you want to have, right? So today, it is August 2023 as I record this, I have done two months straight of at least three times a week working out with a personal trainer. I'm eating a lot better. I could still do better, but I'm eating a lot better, meaning less snacking throughout the day and more real meals. Um, I'm taking care of myself. I'm getting massages. I'm doing all things, all the things like that. I would say my health is vastly improved over where it was even six months ago. 
What ultimately had to happen was I had to start with little things. So I didn't start with hiring a personal trainer and working out three times a week. I actually started, I think it was back in March, of just setting a goal of going on a walk like twice a week because that felt really doable. Choosing two times a week to go on a walk. And then slowly over the span of like four months, I increased from walking two times a week, 10 minutes each, to like four times a week, 15 minutes each. And then I started adding in a little bit more of intense exercise. And then jumping from going on, you know, multiple long walks throughout the week to working out with a personal trainer three times a week was not that big of a stretch. So I started with the little stuff and then slowly built up those habits over time. And I started getting a taste of what my life would be like on the other side, like what my life would be like if I actually did the thing that I said I wanted to do. And that gave me more confidence to make bigger changes. And it really just snowballs from there. So you keep making the bigger changes, you keep feeling the reward from actually successfully making that change. And then you make another bigger change and they just keep compounding. We'll come back to this idea of how to successfully change your behaviors and habits. But before we do that, I want to talk about why change is so hard. And in this, I'm going to try to synthesize, like I said, what I have learned from people, from reading, from taking courses and coaching and all this stuff. I'm going to try to synthesize it down into as simple of an explanation as I can. So why did it take me two years of failing to finally make changes to my health habits? Why is it so hard for you to change your business or the way you handle your money or the relationships that you have or your health too? Here's the trap that people get stuck in. And in this case, I'm going to talk about what I see with my business clients that I think is at the root of a lot of the lack of making change or the negative habits that people probably have. So here's the trap. And in this explaining this trap, I'm going to use the model that is like life coaching model. I can't remember right now. I think it's the self-coaching model is the technical name. I got this from Brooke Castillo's podcast, which is the Life Coach School podcast. And then she says that she got a lot of her her frameworks she adapted from learning from Byron Katie's, which she calls the work. So you can go read those. You may have some feelings about Brooke Castillo. I'm not here to address those, but I will say that the model that she has has been very helpful to me. In a vacuum, it has not been enough for me to do the model in and of itself to make change, but it has been very helpful as a starting point to bring awareness to what's actually going on. Here's the trap that I see a lot of business owners get stuck in. You have this thought, something along the lines of my sales are too inconsistent or I need to be making more money, which results in a feeling. And that feeling for you can be different. The feeling can be overwhelm or stress, anxiety, shame, fear. Any of those feelings can result from this underlying thought of my sales are inconsistent or I need to be making more money, which you usually make mean I'm going to fail or, you know, no one is going to love me. No one's going to accept me, something like that. Anyways, the thought is I need to make more money. The feeling is something negative. The action that you take when you're in that place of feeling overwhelm or stress or fear or shame tends to be, it can be different things based on the person. But what I see frequently is 
that entrepreneurs will keep themselves really busy doing all the things so that you feel like you're doing the right things, but still not necessarily getting the results you want. You're doing more and more client work, but you're not carving out the time for sales and strategy. You're doing more client work because you think I need to make more sales, right? I need more money to come in the door. And because you're doing more client work, you don't have time for the big picture stuff that you need. And you make all the plans, all the plans, you have all the strategies, and you might implement a lot of the changes, but you can't maintain them for more than a week or two because you're too bogged down in the busy work. And what's the result of that? The result of being busy, busy, busy all the time and not taking the time for the big picture stuff is that you don't grow your business. You don't make the money. And the thing that I want to point out is that that result of you're not making the money you want to make feeds right back up to that thought you had of, I need to make more money. I need to make more sales. And you get caught in this loop. You want the big results, but you're not changing your behaviors so that you can take the big actions that are required for you to get those results. And you're stuck in the loop. So if that's you, every time I talk to people about this loop, somebody is like, oh my God, you're reading my mind. If that is you, please understand this is not your fault and this does not mean you're a failure. This is brain chemistry at work. Our brains are designed to keep us safe from the things out there that could potentially eat us, right? Our brains are designed to keep us safe and we tend to want to, or our brains rather, want to conserve energy. Doing different things, making changes, goes against what your brain wants to do naturally in two ways. Because one, your brain wants to keep you safe. It knows that what you've been doing will keep you relatively safe, even if logically, you know, your higher level brain, you know that doing what you've been doing is not getting you the results you want. Your brain, the, the lizard brain is like, okay, but we're not dead. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep doing this because I want to stay alive, right? And then two, making change requires more energy for your brain. So I first read about this idea, not idea, but like the facts of how your brain works in this book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. That one talks a lot about manifesting and like quantum physics and all this stuff. But in there, he has a section talking about brain chemistry. And I'm not saying that's the best book on the subject. There's a ton of other books written about it. Um, lots of other people to learn from. That's just where I learned about it first. And I remember reading it and being like, oh, that's so interesting. So your brain basically will get addicted even to the negative feelings that you have. So we've all heard about things like dopamine, right? You're addicted to your phone because you get little hits of dopamine. And so it's hard to get away from the screen time. In the same way, your brain gets so accustomed to the things like cortisol, for example, the stress hormone, your brain gets so accustomed and it builds everything around having a certain level of that hormone present that even though that hormone is not something that you want to have a lot of, you don't want to have a lot of cortisol all the time, you just get so accustomed to having those chemicals inside of your body and your brain that it is hard for your brain to do something else. It's like your brain, even with these negative loops, you build these ruts. It's like ruts in a road from driving down them all the time. You're, you're building ruts into your brain. 
And you know, if you've ever driven on a dirt road in the country, which fun fact, I grew up on 15 acres of land in South Carolina. I've driven on some dirt roads. You might have too. You know, if you try to drive off of the ruts, if you try to get out, it's hard. And your car or four-wheeler or whatever you're driving wants to go right back into the ruts. It's the same way with your brain. So please know if you're stuck in these loops, it is not your fault. It is not a failure. It is just a fact of how your body works. And I think having an understanding of what's going on will help you to actually make change, which is why I wanted to talk about it. So now let's talk about the things that I have personally learned to help me actually make changes to my habits and behaviors and actually make progress toward my goals. First things first, when it comes to this topic, one of the best books, if not the best book I've ever read is Atomic Habits. So if you have not read it, go read it. I highly recommend it. In Atomic Habits, one of the things that the author James Clear talks about as far as actually changing your habits, changing your behaviors, is taking on the identity of the person that you want to be. And I actually think that this idea lines up so well with the self-coaching model of your thoughts cause your feelings, your feelings cause your actions, actions cause results, and results give you a feedback loop into your thoughts to reinforce your thoughts. It lines up so well there because if you take on the identity of the person you want to be, you have to change your thoughts. Because the person that you want to be is not having those thoughts about, I'm failing, I need to make more money. The person you want to be, in this example, says, I am making money. I know how to do this, right? They approach things differently. So I think it lines up well there. I also, interestingly, I think it lines up really well with the idea of manifestation, which if you've ever learned about manifestation, one of the tenets is that you need to put yourself in the vibration of the outcome that you want, like act as if you already have the thing. And I think that's exactly what James Clear is saying by saying, taking on the identity of the person who has the thing that you want. So for me, taking on the identity of a wealthy person or of a, I didn't mean to say wealthy, but of a healthy person to impact my health habits. Or I've talked about before taking on the identity and asking myself, what would millionaire Sarah do? What would wealthy Sarah do? And I think that fits also nicely in with manifesting, because if you're going to act as if the result is already there, then you also have to change your thoughts. So how to make change depends in large part, I think, on your mindset, on your thoughts and beliefs, because they impact your feelings and the actions that you take. But also, as I've learned more in the last year, your nervous system. So for a long time, you know, I've known about the self-coaching model for years and I would do it, but it's still hard to change those automatic thoughts because again, that's how our brains are wired and your nervous system will just have this instant response to certain situations. Again, you're trying, your brain is just trying to keep you safe. And if you don't work on your nervous system on top of doing the mindset work and by working on nervous system, what I mean is regulation, learning how to regulate your nervous system when you get into that fight or flight response, which most of us, if you really pay attention to it, you're probably living in that fight or flight response more often than you realize. So both of those things are important. Also combined with understanding, learning the tactics and strategies and plans that will get you results. Most of you though, I bet you already know the strategies. You already know the strategies. I think a lot of us will take courses on courses 
or do programs after programs and learn all the strategies and then never fully get the results of those strategies because we're not doing the harder work, I think, of the mindset shifts and changing your energy, changing your nervous system to actually get the results that you want. So it's not necessarily about having a new strategy. I do think when it comes to money stuff, I will say I think a lot of women do have a lot to learn about money, not even a lot to learn. I think it's learning enough to build up the confidence to do the thing because money stuff, I will say, people make it out to be harder than it is. Coming from somebody who's an expert in this stuff, I understand. To me, it's like breathing. I don't even think about it, but I think there's a balance, right? Doing the mindset work, doing the nervous system regulation work, and combining that with the tactics and strategies and planning to actually get you results. So if you actually want to make a change to your behaviors, to your habits, I think we need to let go of perfectionism. We need to let go of fear. And we probably need to either change your environment or implement accountability systems. So I'll give you an example. With my health habits, I had to let go of perfectionism thinking, oh, I'm going to wake up on Monday. It's always on Monday. I'm going to wake up on Monday and I'm going to work out five times this week, even though I don't have a history of working out. I'm going to work out five times. I'm going to cook all healthy meals. I'm not going to eat crap and I'm going to drink a lot of water and I'm going to get really great sleep. And one of the things I have learned is that having these perfectionist fantasies where you're making all these perfect plans in your head is just giving you a dopamine hit. And then you wake up on Monday and you miss the workout or you don't eat a healthy lunch or whatever. And you start to really berate yourself in your head for failing, for not meeting your impossibly perfect standards. And then the only way that you feel better about yourself is by having these divisions in your head about being perfect again, about how tomorrow is going to be so perfect. And then you get caught in that loop. So I had to let go of perfectionism by starting by just saying, hey, I'm just going to commit to the easiest possible thing that I can do and just go for a walk two times a week, 10 times, 10 minutes each. That's all I'm going to hold myself to. So let go of perfectionism, letting go of fear. I think fear holds people back so, so much, especially when it comes to business and money stuff, fear of failure, fear of doing the wrong thing, fear that if you take the money out of your business, people are going to stop buying from you and then you're never going to have any more money ever again in your entire life, fear of making the wrong investment. I think we have to acknowledge, again, nothing is going to be perfect. Nothing is ever going to work out 100% the way you think it's going to. And so doing things, I think, to mitigate your chances of failure and whatever habits you're trying to change. But then also just saying, you know what, I'm going to have to put myself out there. I'm going to have to do the thing that's hard. Feel the fear, acknowledge the fear, and do it anyway. So when it came to health, I will say I didn't necessarily have a lot of fear about health, but I did have fear coming up in business that was preventing me from leaving the work behind to go take care of my health. Fear that if I didn't respond to the email immediately, then everybody's going to fire me. Or, you know, fear if we made a mistake in any way, then everybody's going to fire me. For me, it always comes back to failure. <laughs> so 
then what that resulted in was going back to those tiny changes. I felt fear in the moment when it was time to get up and leave. My nervous system reacted. And to keep myself, quote unquote, safe, I stayed at work. I responded to emails. I worked on a little bit more work. I said, I just want to get one more thing done. And that resulted in me not going to work out. As an example, changing your environment and or I think implementing accountability systems is also really crucial. So sometimes just being in the same place that you're in, that you're used to being in, can trigger habits. It can also trigger your nervous system. So I will say sometimes going to my office, I just don't go because sometimes I go and I feel like I feel triggered. And it's hard to explain why, but it's almost like I feel like when I'm there, I have to be doing a certain set of things. I have to be doing this to be successful that day at work. Like it very much puts me in a work mindset. And some days I want that, but then other days I want to go easy on myself. So if you are sitting in an environment that is full of things that trigger you to do certain things, change your environment or implement accountability systems. So when it came to my health stuff, I hired a personal trainer and that has worked like nothing else. Even though I'd had health, I've worked with health coaches before and they've been great. My issue came down to not necessarily not knowing what I should be doing, because at this point I know what I should be doing. It was a matter of actually doing the thing physically in person. And so virtual health coaches in this case could not help me with actually showing up versus hiring a personal trainer that's not cheap, that costs money, and having somebody literally waiting just for me to show up. I have not missed one of those sessions, not once, in two months. So look at either changing your environment or implementing some sort of accountability structure to help you actually make change. The last thing I want to say, I'm going to give you three steps to actually making change. The last thing I want to say before we talk about those three steps is I want to acknowledge that there's other headwinds working against all of us, working against you, specifically around cultural systems, cultural beliefs, racism, sexism, anti-LGBTQI+, all of the things. There's so many headwinds that work against different people in different ways, and when it comes to making change, that can make it harder for some of us, some of you listening, to make change. I am not an expert on fighting all of these things. And so I will just preface by saying that my belief is that I want us to focus more on what we can change. Focus more on the things that are in my control. I cannot individually here today stop all of the bigoted systems that we have in this country. I can control what I specifically do and show up and do every single day. And so that's what I'm going to do. And then my goal, the result of my work, I want to help dismantle the systems. So I just want to acknowledge there's also those headwinds to factor in, but I do firmly believe we have to focus on the things you can change instead of focusing on what you can't. Okay, so the last things I want to talk about, three steps that you need to change your mindset. I've actually talked about some of these before. I'm going to reiterate because I think they're important. Step number one, we need awareness. You need to practice acknowledging your feelings and becoming aware of the thoughts that you have in your head. There's lots of different techniques to do this. Some people will do meditation. 
some people like me, I keep a journal open and whenever I feel an extreme emotion during the day, I write down what is the thought going on in my head. Over time, that has allowed me to become aware of the patterns that I have in my brain and the feelings that I have so that I can acknowledge them. The key, the key is you have to acknowledge what you're thinking and feeling without judgment. You cannot judge yourself for feeling the feelings. You can't stop yourself from feeling the feelings. We need to process the feelings, acknowledging what's going on in order to let it go. So that's step one. Two, we need to reframe. So again, we have to, instead of focusing on all of the reasons why you can't do something, instead of doing that, focus on what you can. Focus on what you can actually change right here, right now, in this moment. And that's what we're going to focus on reframing. And then third is we're going to take minimum baseline actions. This has been the best thing I've ever done to help me overcome fear and perfectionism is doing the absolute minimum that I can to propel me forward. So again, instead of going straight from zero workouts to five a week, I went from zero workouts to two 10-minute walks every week. And in my head, I was telling myself, this isn't enough to be healthy. And that's right. It's not enough to become the healthy person that I want to be, but it is more than what I'm doing now. And it is basically so easy to do that. It was for me that I had no excuse not to do it. And then that compounds. So instead of trying to do a big flash, flashy change all at once, do a minute, do a small change just for a couple weeks, do a small change for a week or two until that feels easy and then add on another one. And then over time, you'll look up and in six to 12 months, you have actually made a change because you focused on doing the things that you can change right now, rather than trying to live in this perfectionist fantasy world. Over time, by doing those minimum baseline actions, by practicing awareness, by practicing reframing, and then doing those minimum baseline actions, you will start to change some of your brain patterns. You will start to record new ruts in the road of your brain. But it takes practice and it takes time. These are things that have built up these thoughts and behaviors you have learned and recorded in your brain for your entire life. And so it's not something that is going to magically change in a week. It will take time. This is honestly like a lifetime of work. Oh, okay. That was, like I said, me trying to come up with a short synopsis of all of the best stuff that I have ever learned on mindset, behavior, habits in order to make change so that you can reach your goals. If you learned something from this, please share with a friend who needs to hear the message so we can help the podcast keep growing and impacting more people. I would love to hear from you. If you go change something in your life today, I want to hear what you change so that I can cheer you on. That's all I got for this week. So I hope this was helpful and I'll see you back next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Now, I want you to go take some action. What's one thing you can do this week to create more profit in your business? Send me a DM on Instagram at youngcocfo and share your action item with me. If you have a question or topic you'd like me to dive into, or if you're feeling empowered about taking charge of your finances, let's continue the conversation. 
Go to profitandprosper.co to submit a question or topic for me to talk about on the show. And because we all profit and prosper better with friends, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe wherever you listen, and share the episode. Make sure you tag me at CFO on Instagram so I can give you some love, and I'll see you in the next episode.